This podcast includes adult themes and discussion. We know it's why you're here. Listening discretion is advised. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Welcome back, monster fuckers. Wow, wow. Who's excited for this week's episode? Um, let's start off with our best um, growls and purrs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, sir. You put me on the spot. You did not tell me we were doing this. Uh. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> what are we doing first? I'll do a purr. Okay. I don't know. Oh, that's good. Is it that's good? Actual... Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, am I doing a growl too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's gonna haunt me in another life. And what about you? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Was that a purr? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. You ready for my roar? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna roar like I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Megaverse uh, episode. (laughs) We're in our nests and we're ready to talk. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, Before we get into it, how have you been? I've been good. Good. I am uh, in the thick of things reading Iron Flame. Oh, me too. Me too, girl. Oh, me too. I I haven't finished part one yet, though. I haven't either. We're not still earlier on. Yeah. We won't talk spoilers. No, don't worry. So we won't. We won't get into it. But um, I do feel like my brain is just, yeah. Yeah, my brain I, is being crushed by that book right I now. I think the problem is, is like I read so much for this episode, and I was also trying to read Iron Flame, that I'm a little fuzzy. Same. Yeah. Well, that's why my dream last night were oh, about God. Violet and Zayden getting knotted together. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, goodness. <laughs> um. So I also wrote down, we're going to talk about this hyperfixation you have with this this Yes Chef guy. The guy from... Me? Yeah, you keep sending it to me. Which guy? <laughs> the guy that was eating the chicken bone in the video. Wasn't he in Shameless? Oh my god. There it is, there it is, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the he's in bear, the bear. Yeah, that's just Yes Chef guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're, like, really the into Willi- him right the- now. Oh, the Willy Wonka wannabe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, uh, Mom, I want Timothy Chalamet. We have Timothy Chalamet at home. <laughs> yeah, no. No, this guy? He I think he's, get it. I think I he's didn't... better looking than Timothy Chalamet. Oh, t- Timothy Chalamet is like a little twig. <laughs> yeah. Kylie Jenner can have him. Ooh, are they together? Yeah. Did you not know that? No. I'm... What? I... I live in my own bubble, I guess. I don't know. 
This is what I know about oh, Timothy I'm Chalamet. Just... He's in that movie with the sand, the dune, right? And yes, then also the sand. <laughs> the sand. And also he's allegedly Willy Wonka. And the only reason I'm going to see that movie, if I do see it, is because I want to see Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. That looks like the wildest fucking shit to me, and I cannot. I cannot. I, I think that's when I will release my Oompa Loompa cosplay. Oh my god, please. Please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. How have you been? <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, As you had a uh, rotation around the sun? I did. I did. Recently? I turned 38. Woo-woo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the editor of this uh, podcast and my husband turned 40, so we have the same birthday. Oh, you do? I did not know that. Yeah, we have the same birthday, just to be, like, sickingly sweet. Um, So he turned 40. Sorry to put it on blast, honey. And uh, I turned 38. So it was a nice day. We went over to to Disney, and we we got on Rise of the Resistance, and I giggled at Kylo Ren, and uh, we went to Oga's and got a little tipsy. And I got the spy on uh, Star Tours. Really, the most important thing is I got the spy on Star Tours. And I got Kylo Ren yelling at me about being the spy, which is really my only birthday wish. So To be yelled at by Kylo Ren? Yeah. And to be acknowledged Who by doesn't? him. Who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> and we saw Mando. Mando was out, so. All in all. Oh, good Mando. birthday. So. Um, and for my birthday, we're doing uh, the Omegaverse <laughs> episode. We specifically chose this topic for your birthday. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe because I read it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, this is this is this is. Uh, you're well versed in this. I am. I, I okay, have, I don't know about well versed. <laughs> I I know that more so I, than me. <laughs> yeah, have you have you read any Omegaverse before this episode? No, this was my very first. Okay. And it, so I was learning as I was reading. Oh. So, like, things would come... Yeah, so in my... Well, we'll get to it. But, like, things would come up in what I read. And I'm like, what is that? And I would look it up. And it's, like, a something specific to the Omegaverse. And then I I look over to our Google Doc. And you've got you've, you've gone on about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, yeah. This is, uh, this is a lot of yes. notes that we have done on this. Um it, it is a it is a genre I enjoy, though I have to put an asterisk and say I'm very picky about it, and a mm. lot of what I like has disappeared off of AO3 in the past couple of years when writers have become published. So okay, I feel like I am fully lacking in in some of my favorite uh, favorite AOB a- AOB <laughs> ABO content. So ABO ABO and AO3. There we go. Got it. Um, so let's dive in, right? Like, let's dive into the nest. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is Omegaverse, right? So this is what we're talking about. So we keep saying ABO. Yes. We're wait, talking- wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, so this episode is going to be a little different than our normal Yes, stuff, that's good. But still, yeah. s- still si- sort of similar. So we're going to go over what Omegaverse is, um, common um, elements that you'll find in the Omegaverse. We'll go over some of the terminology uh, and some stuff that you can find in the Omegaverse, but that's also in other genres. Um, we'll do um, the top Omegaverse pairings. Uh, on AO3. Like, 
on AO3 as opposed to our fuckable list. Um, we'll discuss those. And then um, AO3 as usual. Um, and this one's going to be a hornier <laughs> AO3. Just Yeah, this is, this is not a typical episode. If you are squeamish, there's probably going to be... Uh, a lot Maybe a more little s- more content warning for this one, perhaps? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a lot more bodily fluids <laughs> and probably some a little bit more non-con than, than usual, I would y- say. Yeah, some non-con and dub-con. Not, ev- not every time, not everything, but... No, know, no, 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 no. We do want to... It, it does get brought up at some point. Yeah, we do want to kind of... You know, if you're good with the werewolf stuff, you'll probably be good with this. But just in case, it's probably good to... To say, it and I will be re-explaining nodding for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, mm. Okay. So, so what is uh, Omegaverse? Omegaverse, also known as ABO, and as we're saying ABO, we are putting. Obviously, we're talking about it, so you can't see it, but we are putting a, a slash in there in between the A, the B, and the O. Um, because I, I read that ABO is actually a derogatory. Um, it can be taken the wrong way for some Aboriginal culture, so we're not going to do that. So as we say this, Alphabet Omega, please know that we do have the slashes in between it. You just obviously can't see them because we're talking about it. So off the bat. But um, Omegaverse is a subgenre of erotic fiction. Um, it is It is basically rooted in fan fiction. And what it is, it's, it's a, a hierarchy that exists in the human world in this kind of verse um, where the population is divided into a, a dominant, uh, I don't want to say race, that's not right, uh, a do- yeah, a dominant cast of alphas, then there are neutral betas, and then submissive omegas. And this is the hierarchy that sort of um, is how people are interacting within the Omegaverse. Um, this is this is somewhat considered a fantasy genre, um, but it could be a literary genre in itself. It's pretty new from what we're going to talk about, um, but it's... Um, while they have usually two sexes, it's not... They don't really get into non-binary as much when we're reading about this. It's usually male and female. But within that, they have these designations of being alpha or omega within that. Um, mm-hmm. This is a uh, originating... It is a male-male pairing, for the most part. That's really where it originated in. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, kind of heteronormative. I don't even know if this is normative. I can even use the word normal in it, but, (laughs) um, so when we're, when we're defining a megaverse, we're choosing from one of the following. So we have alpha who is, um, socially and sometimes biologically dominant. Um, they're usually, um, kind of, uh, very physically built, strong. Um, sometimes they have short temper. They're often in leadership positions. Um, then we have betas, which are like normies, totally norma, normal. They are not out here doing anything weird, normal, right? <laughs> and then we have omegas, which are these submissive and gentle people. Um, they're calm, they're peacemakers. Um, so we're really dealing with not only this omegavets, but we're looking at like dominant and submissive, very much mm-hmm. so in the genre. Um, 
The Omegaverse fiction usually focuses on kind of wolf or uh, canine behavior in humans, um, which <laughs> when we talked to in, in our wolf werewolf episode, we said that this kind of like alpha omega stuff had been scientifically disproven. Uh, well, it's alive and well in fiction. So yeah, oh. <laughs> 100%. Um, so there's a lot of like in- instincts involved and um, kind of like uh, animalistic stimuli with Omegaverse. Um, do you want to talk about the tropes a little bit? Yeah. So we can like, okay, so <laughs> there is some common tropes for, uh, tropes or elements for the Omegaverse. Uh, we'll go over those first and then I'll go over some other tropes and elements that uh, come up a lot in the Omegaverse, but you'll also see in other types of genres. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first one, my <laughs> favorite, <laughs> is nodding. Mm-hmm. So as we discussed in, the werewolf episode. Um, <laughs> so werewolves or wolf-type creatures or humanoid-type beings in, in this universe will have the bulbous glandus, which is like the... the Say what it is. <laughs> uh, it's... A, <laughs> It's like a it's like a part at the end of the shaft of the penis that um, when they're uh, expelling their seed uh, will expand, um, locking them to the person they're fucking, mm-hmm. so that like the like their cum will stay inside. Mm-hmm. It's like a breeding mechanism. Yes, I believe the term they like to use is inflate. But continue. Oh gosh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Okay, yes, yeah, so so nodding is very common. Um, very common. Um, ruts, which that was a new one for me. Ruts is like, is this exclusive to alphas or is this anyone? Um, yeah, so 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 alphas go into rut and uh, omegas go into heat. Yes, so it's like being overcome by like your hormonal desire to get fucked or be fucked. Right. Which is a thing that actually fucked. exists in the animal world. Deer going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a very, you know, real thing. Not in this context, but, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, imprinting. Um, fuck. You imprinted on my daughter? <laughs> uh, fuck. That's that's a pretty common one. Yeah. Um, if you've seen Twilight, you know what that is. But basically, it's like you see someone and that that's like your your mate mm-hmm. um we a breed i mean breeding is a very big one mm-hmm. <laughs> this one and along with that is like pregnancy i mean these are in other ones but these are very common in, in um omegaverse and mpreg which is like impregnated males mm-hmm. and often they're omegas um slick which is like self lubrication that comes up so fucking much. Holy shit. Yep, there's a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, nesting. We mentioned that at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when... <laughs> that one was new to me, too. I, can't, I, don't, I don't even know if I explained it properly. Sarah, do you want to explain nesting? <laughs> nesting is when the Omega makes a very uh, soft, like, bed to... Uh, copulate in 
Uh, it's usually consisting of like really soft blankets or like things of the alpha, um, pillows, etc. Um, yeah, that. Um, and, and, <laughs> safe and then space. there's yeah a safe space for the yeah. get down. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's um, being, like, marked or uh, claimed or bitten. So mm-hmm. typically, like, the alphas will mark their omegas as their their property by biting them on the neck. That is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, scent marking, that's, like, there's a lot of, like, glandular stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, like scent, scent glands and then putting your scent glands on your alpha if you're an omega so that you smell like them and vice versa. So those are like a lot of the big ones speci- oh, and pack uh, pack structures and pack politics. Yeah. That is a very common one. Um, and like humanoid type creatures. They're not always human. Um, like for example the thing I read uh, for this episode they were aliens. Oh okay yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Uh, I've written, written. <laughs> uh, <laughs> read Wow, some uh, some Omega verse kind of adjacent things with aliens. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was Omega verse, but it was like they were alien humanoid aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other things that you can find in the Omega verse that you can also find in other genres are things like faded mates. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, um, and along with that is like um, mates who have their minds linked mm-hmm. or like their emotions linked in some way. Yeah. Um, non heteronormative society, mm-hmm. um, and uh, not safe for work. I mean, like, I mean, Our Omega verse. Those. But... I mean, the Omega verse specifically. There's a lot of sex. A lot. A of, lot of sex. All it, it that is the genre basically. Yeah. It that's the whole point of the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and breeding. I kind of mentioned like pregnancy and stuff, but like yeah, breeding kink is a big one for this one. Um, non-con and dubcon. So mm-hmm. non-con is non-consensual. Dubcon is dubious consent. Um, those are big ones, especially with like. Um, in terms of like the alpha omega dynamic, which is like you can't fight your instincts. That's mm-hmm. where the dubcon comes in. Um, courting. There's a lot of courting. Um, and something. This is a new one that I learned, but I think this can apply to other things. But guard and drop. Yeah. Do, do you know that one? Yeah. So basically, where the omega is like injured in some way, and the alpha like protects them, like literally guards them mm-hmm. while they're incapacitated. Um, have you seen that one come up a lot? Because I mean, you're mm-hmm. the more well versed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this one is an obvious one given the alpha omega stuff, but dominance and submission, mm-hmm. big one. Found family. Yeah. Um, world building. So, although this one, although this genre, um, is based in fan fiction, so obviously the worlds are existing, what I noticed is that a lot of the original content has interesting world building elements to them. I would, um, I would agree with that. It's almost like, yeah. uh, labeling something in a megaverse gives, um, an author kind of a freedom to take it into different directions that they wouldn't regularly be able to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Enemies to Lovers. We love it. We love to see it. Yeah. Mm. Um, blockers and Suppressants. Yeah. Maybe that's more specific to Omegaverse. But, um, Sarah, do you want to explain this one? <laughs> That, that specific one? So a lot of times, uh, <laughs> uh, this this episode is really outing how much of this I've read. Um, uh, I mean, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- so, so alphas will usually be on blockers and omegas will be on suppressants, although it can kind of interchange. And it just means that what it's doing is it's taking their kind of, uh, the chemical balance in their head that makes them horny or susceptible to influence from the opposite designation and suppressing that or blocking it. So, for example, if there was an alpha and he was working with an omega that was particularly desirable, he might be taking a blocker so that uh, he didn't smell her the same way or she would take a suppressant so she wasn't... uh, so her her heats didn't. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this publicly. <laughs> so her, her, her heats were kind of subdued, and she wasn't uh, going into heat, and like all the alphas would be like all over her. So that's kind of it's uh it's like birth control for the alpha and omega, if you will. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> purring, growling, and roaring. Yeah, we've already been on common. that today. Yeah. Yeah, very common, but mm-hmm. not specific to the Omegaverse. I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and star-crossed lovers. I mean, that kind of goes with, like, the enemies to lovers. Yeah, yeah. Faded mates stuff. But, um, yeah, do you think I'm... Is there anything do you think I'm missing? Again, because you're more <laughs> than I am. I, I don't think so. I think that's, like, a pretty good... I think it's a pretty good rundown. I think, you know... When we talk about this, and, and we sort of get into it, it is a really wide net that people cast with it. I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's been really interesting introducing my husband to this while I've sort of been researching and it, and him asking questions. And, um, you know, when, we talk, when we're talking about this, we're talking a lot of times of a male alpha and a female omega, but I've read things where it's switched. So we have a, a male omega and uh, a female alpha. And um, so we get a little, we, we get some, again, like what you're talking about, uh, people kind of making their own world building within this, changing the rules, you know. Um, so I don't know. I think it's really interesting to me because it's, it's just, it's fantasy and it's a safe space. So <laughs> this whole podcast is a safe this space. Whole, yeah, this whole thing. I'm so sorry for anyone that knows me in real life, because I know I have friends listening to this, but, um... I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. (laughs) I say it giggling. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so let's do, like, a little, like, a little bit of background on Omegaverse. Um, Yes, this is, this is gonna be education for me as well. I did not read your notes before. I, I, you guys, I went down such a rabbit hole looking this up, and it, it was really, I think things like this are really fascinating to me, and this is part of the reason why I love our podcast, is because I learn something every podcast. Is it useful information? No. Do I learn it? (laughs) Yes. So, we're gonna start with it. Omegaverse is, is most frequently a, a male-male couple, okay? Mm-hmm. Which I think is is great. Although there, 
more recently have been heterosexual Omega works that have been produced. So in 2013, so we know we're a little bit off on our timeline, but only about 10% were labeled male-female relationships. So this is really something that is uh, rooted in a male-male coupling, which we love it here. You know, friendly space, we love it. Um, So while... (laughs) I feel like I lost my chain of thought. Okay, so we're going to start with, like, where did Omegaverse come from? So this is what I thought was really interesting, because this is a this is a very specific thing, right? So it had to come from somewhere. Um, so this professor, Christina, I'm gonna, I might butcher her last name, Busey? I don't know. Uh, Busey? Described Omegaverse as a seemingly perfect storm of tropes that already existed in fandoms. So we're going to pinpoint kind of the way that this evolved into Omegaverse. So in 1967, uh, we had an episode of Star Trek called Amok Time. And it introduces the concept of Again, if I'm butchering this, I feel like my husband's going to yell at me from the other room. Ponfar, which is the Vulcan mating cycle where Vulcan males must mate or die. And if you know anything about the way that fan fiction kind of came about, a lot of it was really um, based in this relationship of Kirk and Spock. Like, that's really where a lot of modern day fan fiction fan fiction had origins. Like, mm. the, the Star Trek fandom was writing fan fiction, like, writing it in in zines and stuff and sending it back and forth like before the internet existed like this is where fan fiction came from so we have to like give it out to this the star trek fandom they started Those all horny of the, fuckers the horny space fuckers right um so we really we really kind of pinpoint this like first episode where this like fuck or die kind of mentality came from which is definitely what we're seeing with kind of this alpha omega like they're so mm. horny, if they don't fuck, they're going to die kind of thing. They're not really going to yeah. die, but they feel like they're going to die. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the TV show Supernatural. Now, I want okay. to put a big asterisk on this. I never watched Supernatural. I know. I, I never watched it. Supernatural either. <laughs> listen, listen. I know so many friends and and acquaintances that love Supernatural. I don't know where to start with it. There's like, what, 4,000 like, like seasons? Like, this thing went on forever. And... So I'm gonna get something wrong. I will apologize in advance. Um, this I don't mean to like get anything wrong about somebody's fandom, but the origin of a megaverse is typically attributed to the fandom around Supernatural. Um, is it really? Yeah, especially Super Hulock was like a really like that like perfect storm of Supernatural and Doctor Who and Sherlock was really this origin for a megaverse. So. <laughs> So when we had Supernatural, there was um, kind of this fusion between werewolves and this male pregnancy subgenre of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a science fiction drama at the time called Dark Angel, which I am not as familiar with. I should be. It's about my time period. Um, where Jensen... Is it Eccles? Oh, please don't come for me. Um, Jensen Eccles? Yeah, yeah J- Eccles. Okay. On um, Supernatural. But he was on this show, and he played a soldier with feline DNA and female characters in that show went into heat. So we've sort of got this, like... <laughs> wow. So we have this established fan fiction trope of fuck or die, right? Then we get yeah. into, like, werewolf is supernatural. Then we also have this, like, um, 
this other species from an adjacent kind of similar show where people are going into heat and you can sort of see how this is slowly turning into ABO. So the first works recognized in the Omegaverse were published in the mid uh, 2010s. Um, a writing prompt was shared on LiveJournal. Hands up to LiveJournal. Definitely had one of those back in the day. Um, Before my time. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit older than you are. I just <laughs> set my age, so there. Uh, it was in a community dedicated to Supernatural. And they mentioned the alpha males having knots on their penises. And they were bitch males, I'm using air quotes, without the knots. Um, and it inspired a user called... <laughs> I, I can't say that. It's... It looks like the dirtiest sock, but the V is spelled T-E-H, uh, to write a fan fiction called I Ain't No Lady, But You'd Be the Tramp. Um, <laughs> it was a real person fiction work focused on the actors of Jared Podleski and Jensen Ankle. Ankle? Oh my God, I want to call him Ankles. Ankles, Ankles, Ankles. I'm going to call Ankles. I'm sorry. <laughs> As an alpha and omega. And that was published on July 24th of 2010. Um, so they didn't use the term Omega, um, but they did use a lot of the characteristics that would be associated with the Omegaverse genre in later years. Um, so over the next few months, like this kind of took off. And then on November 9th of that year, there was a new writing prompt and that mentioned Alpha, Beta, and Omega Men for the first time. Um, and that spurred kind of the creation of the Omegaverse. And by June of 2011, um, it had a commonplace there. Um, there was a lot of uh, work already. There was some femme slash Omegaverse. And then the first use of the tropes outside of the supernatural fandom were recorded. Um, so after 2011, it showed up in the following fandoms, Sherlock, <laughs> X-Men, of course. yeah. X-Men first class, Hannibal, Teen Wolf. This one shocked the hell out of me. Glee. Uh, oh, that's not surprising. Glee people are freaks. I mean, no, like, I mean that in the best yeah, yeah. way. Like they're, like they're like they're freaky deaky. Like <laughs> um, Doctor Who and the Avengers. So this is like mm. the beginning of a megaverse in these fandoms. So then there was a Chinese translation of an Omegaverse Sherlock fanfiction that was posted around October 2011, and that introduced the Omegaverse to Chinese slash fan circles where it spread to this original novel concept of, I'm going to probably butcher this as well, Dan May, it's spelled D-A-N-M-E-I. Dan May? Um, then in 2012, the notion of Faded Mates was introduced. Um, in 2014, Omegaverse started gaining traction in Japan with the first manga of Omegaverse being published in 2015. Um... So we're really getting, like, this is spreading. This is spreading from Supernatural and Star Trek origins, which is like wild, wild, right? Um, so we're looking at this, and, and we're saying, like, okay, it's, it's becoming, air quotes, kind of commonplace, but is it controversial? Absolutely. This is uh. probably maybe one of, like, the most jokingly controversial episodes that we'll have. Um, because it is both extremely popular and very controversial. Um, yes. Some condemn it as like revolting and sick and say that it affirms these patriarchal values and rape culture and that it's it's got roots in bestiality and has this really horrible power imbalance. Um, mm -hmm. 
Other people appreciate how it deconstructs bodies and gender roles, offering this subverse social commentary on queer identity and oppression. So we have these, like, really opposite sides. And I think, you know, with anything in sexuality, you have to think of, like, you know, sexuality isn't necessarily... Um, especially with your mind, it's a safe space. It's not necessarily going to be something that is awful, but not everybody's going to see it like that. You know, something like this is going to be um, controversial. Um, But a lot of researchers say that it is a way to, um, you know, allow for the exploration of themes of power, desire, pleasure, intimacy, romance, and consent in a variety of ways. Um, people look at it and um, look at it as ways of overcoming things that might be uh, homophobic or um, too heteronormative. And there's also people that see it as a space to um, look at it through a trans- transgender role, um, mm. you know, with an eye. I can't speak to that personally, um, but a lot of people say that it is a, it's a cathartic experience reading it or writing it or, or whatever. So it's definitely something that is um, controversial, but again, like our podcast, we want to explore these things. Um, I think when you talk about monster fucking, you have to talk about a megaverse. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> with, with sort of all of its uh, bad and good. Um, so... So where does that bring us today, right? So that's that's a little bit of a history. It's not an old genre at all. Like, oh, really, right. it's, what, 15 years old? 20 years old, maybe? A fresh young babe. Yeah. A, a, a baby weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in 2017, uh, Omegaverse exploded. Uh, <laughs> um, all in your face, in your hair, on your chest. Yeah, slick. Anyway. Um, <laughs> as of July 2018, there were 39,000 Omegaverse fan works. Oh my goodness. On AO3. And over 70,000 as of 2020. Um, there's also um, roughly 200 Omegaverse novels that were published on Amazon um, just in the first half of 2020 alone. Um, there has been commercial and non-commercial manga featuring male-male couples in Omegaverse. Um, it's had a really positive reception in Japan. Um, South Korea has started its own production of it as well. Um, and, and in China, although the censorship in China, it's, it's not, uh. it doesn't have the opportunity to grow like it has in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, this sort of Dom sub-universe gained popularity in Japan, um, and it uses uh, a lot of BDSM elements and the dominant and submissive. Um, but the thing I think is amazing is Omegaverse <laughs> now... I, I'm so excited to talk about this. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I love it. Um, Omegaverse has its own sub-genres now, and one of them is called the Cakeverse. I'm, I found this out, and I I couldn't believe this is real. I've never heard of this before I started researching. Okay, so this is what it is. It's a small part of the human population that is divided into, instead of alphas and omegas, into forks and cakes. So forks have no sense of taste, and cakes are people with a particular flavor that make them irresistible to forks. Okay? There's not that much online about it in English, because it is... um, uh, Japanese with a basis in Korean, and I don't read any of those. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of uh, 
it's kind of like a megaverse, right? So the normal yeah. people, uh, so there's normal people, and then there's forks or cakes. And the cakes have this unique trait of all of their bodily fluids tasting sweet and delicious, but only to forks. Wait, and, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. So forks. Oh, but wait, hold on. Okay. Am I hearing that, like, um, would you say a, to, okay, to a fork... A certain cakes are their own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. No, we're gonna even get, we're gonna get to that later. We're even gonna get to that later. Okay. Hold on. Put a put in that. Okay. Okay. So okay, then okay. forks, meanwhile, have no sense of taste whatsoever, except for the bodies of cakes. And a cake <laughs> could go most of their life without realizing they're a cake, unless they happen to make out with a fork. Okay. So this includes gratuitous angst, cannibalism, kidnapping, torture, addiction, etc. Oh, oh my. Oh, the wow. original creator was asked why cakes and forks, and apparently she just likes cake. Okay? So <laughs> this is from an article on medium.com. It said, at first glance, cake verse seems like a mashup between Omega Verse and Twilight, where the main <laughs> heroine's blood poses a great threat to her vampire lover's sanity. But the originator of the trope, who is at Rune Comicat, I think that's on Twitter, um, has made it clear that she's less of a hopeless romantic than Stephanie Meyer and stated, and I quote, there's no such thing like a faded cake. After all, when you have sex, your appetite doesn't go away. It's not like sex will make you stop wanting to eat meat anymore. Wild. Wild to me. <laughs> then, then, there's not just cake verse. There's also ice verse. What? Ice verse is an attempt at recreating a Greek tragedy. So this comes from Japan. Um, and they have developed a setting where death seems unavoidable. In the ice verse, the forks and cakes are replaced with ice and juice. Ice in, and juice. Yeah. In this Not verse, gin and juice. No, ice, ice and, and juice. juice. In this verse, juice are the predators. What makes them different from cake verse forks is that they are unaware of their dangerous nature. Juices may go through their lives as regular humans without realizing their identity. And it only reveals itself if they fall in love with ice. Ice are aware of their disposition because their temperature runs lower than other humans. And this is, again, from this Medium article. They also die by melting in case of getting in a relationship with ice. The rules in ice first say that the relationship between ice and juice will always end up in the death of ice. This is... It's wild. It's so wild, and it's so fascinating to me. This evolution of, uh, of like, one tiny snippet of something in one Star Trek episode, and now there is juice killing ice in Japan. Like what? <laughs> like humans are so weird and cool, and sexuality is such a funny thing that I just love shit like this. I love it. It's so weird and so interesting to me. Anyway. Okay. That leads me into my... I have a question for you. Yes. And I, I feel like we do need to talk about this. Okay. And especially me now that I've actually gone into the genre. What do you like about it? Oh, God. Um... Like, what does it for you? I mean, because... Okay, so we've talked about different monsters. Mm -hmm. And, like, each monster does something else. Does something for for everybody who likes that particular monster. Like, for me, like, vampires is, like, my favorite. 
I, I love the whole nighttime, the goth shit. I love the yeah. biting. Yeah. I love the, like, the oh, what was me shit. Like, that really is the peak of sexiness for me. Mm-hmm. So, what in the genre, like, does it for you? Because you've clearly read a, f- a few stuff. So, like, <laughs> just, just a couple. Um, I, think a, I think there's a lot of different elements about it. I really, okay. I think I like kind of the. The unhinged um, ness of an alpha. Like the mm. idea that you are like the most attractive person to them on multiple levels. Like not just physically, but like, you know, taste wise or smell wise. Or I, I think that kind of like feralness I really like. Okay. Again, in fantasy, not in real life. That that yeah. would be weird. Um, oh, yeah, this is all in fantasy. In yeah, fantasy. yeah. I love the idea of like <laughs> creating the most comfortable bed you've ever been in. That part was so wild to me. I'm, because I like joke like outside of this, I'm always like, oh, that's my like little nest. But I'm the person that has like 400 pillows in bed and 100 <laughs> stuffed animals, and I will make the most comfortable. Nothing makes me happier than being like the perfect temperature in my bed with like 80 blankets. Like I just love, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I get that. Like I get wanting to like make the most comfortable place ever. Um, and we we had a listener send something in, and I thought it I thought it was perfect. So I, I'll read it. Um, you asked the question, "What do you know about the Omegaverse of anything?" And somebody said, "It's my favorite. I wish it was real so I could get a week off of work for being too horny." And <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. And I just uh, I think it's I I just I don't know. It's weird, and I kind of love the like untethered animalistic nature of it. Um, but also it's, it has those things, like a lot of times it does have that enemy to lover. It has those faded mates. Like it has those mm. kind of tropes that I love, but, um, just like with the horniness dialed up to like 74. So yeah, yeah I think, uh, I think that's why. And, and I'm, I want to point out, I am very picky with what I read. Like mm. if I read something and it, I'm, and I don't like it, I'm immediately, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. Like I'm incredibly picky about Omegaverse that I read. Um, and I've read a lot about Omegaverse. To me. I think I'm, I'm sure going to need good. recommendations after this. To be honest. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that a lot of... Uh, it's no secret here that we are a Raylo, uh, uh a friendly oh. place. which you We know, are rats. We are rats. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the Raylo fan fiction that I used to love was Omegaverse. And it doesn't exist anymore. Um, we'll talk about it later, is the, but... Hmm? Oh. Is the new Hazel, uh, what's-her-face book going to be Omegaverse? I think it's... We know there's yeah. nodding involved, but is I it don't, Omegaverse? I don't know if it's Omegaverse, but she has... And I, I actually, we'll talk about it later. She's written some really good Omegaverse, and she had one... Oh. She had one, which was a sample of a story, and it was based on... <laughs> Uh, when Harry met Sally, that scene in the diner. Oh which, my which, God! And the, it was it was like in a, it, a short story. It was so good, and it's not online anymore. And I think about it. It's maybe my Omega First Roman Empire. You know, like, it was really, <laughs> really good. Um, really good. And I also enjoy these writers that are now like New York Times bestsellers, and they wrote the filthiest shit. And some of it is still online, and I'm like. All right. And 
I think I think maybe that's what people don't realize some about like monster fucking or even romance novels sometimes. Like it's the filthiest shit oh. <laughs> we read. Like, uh, like, oh, there, like I found a fan fiction. Happening. Listen, I found like I found a fan fiction that I never thought I would find a fan fiction of. I'm not going to be reading it, but I will mention it. Uh-huh. But like I was that shocked me. Pure, yeah. Like Sometimes it's a little I, much for me, but you know, I just uh I I don't know. I like the the sort of I think <laughs> I even think that the Megaverse I I read, the alphas are like really tortured in it. Like mm. they're really conflicted about the way they feel about stuff. And I Right. I love to make a, a man suffer. <laughs> so Amen. Yeah. Are there any bits that you liked about reading this new thing or exploring it? I um I liked a lot of the stuff that that you mentioned. Like I do like faded mates uh, stuff, enemies to lovers, like controlling urges. I I think my favorite part was like the um, the Dom sub relationship in terms mm-hmm. of like Alpha and Omega. I mean, again, I've only read one single thing. I mean, as a, like also some of the fan fictions, but like I I did really like that. Like the the elements of the that type of relationship, but. In the, I'll get to this when I talk about what I read, but um, at least in what I read, it had like elements of like BDSM, but not done properly. Mm-hmm. It, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like it, it takes elements of that, but it's not, uh, it's not like the pro- a proper BDSM relationship. Yeah. And what I mean by that, it doesn't have like. Um, the comforting elements after that and all the, like, consensual, like, stuff that goes along with, um, those types of relationships and, like, the trust building and blah, blah, blah. Oh, see, in, in all the stuff I read, there's always, like, extra care into that. Like, see, it wasn't in the one I read. Oh, my gosh. It's always, like, let me feed you. My perspective's a little skewed. Oh, no. Mm. Let me feed you. Let me take care of you. Like, love that energy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, here's my Akatar plug of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just I'm just gonna get right into it. I feel like you need a jingle. Akatar plug of the week. Rawr. Okay. Um the, okay, so the reason I actually want uh, you're like Jess, Akatar is not in the Omegaverse. And I don't think it is. But I mean question well, that's why I wanted to bring this up. Okay. So the reason this was on my mind for this episode <coughs> is because I write an actor fan fiction and I was talking to about it with my friend and my friend is well versed in the Omegaverse and they were like um bro I think Akatar is part of the Omegaverse and I'm like no it's not no it's not so that was like months ago and so now that I was doing like Omegaverse stuff this week I thought I would look at um, stuff in Akatar that actually is in the Omegaverse. Mm-hmm. I thought that could be interesting to just like look at. Um, so if you know Akatar, this will be. And when I say Akatar, I mean A Court of Thrones and Roses, um, by Sarah J. Maas. Um, and so uh, things that you can find in the Omegaverse and Akatar. There's a lot of scent stuff. Mm-hmm. Scenting. 
knowing somebody's scent. Oh, this person smells like rainwater and like flowers. Like mm-hmm. there's all there's like shit like that. There's a lot of there's mates is a big one. Mm-hmm. Mates mating bonds. Mm-hmm. That's very big. Yeah. Um, like I'm trying not to spoil anything, but like mates mating bonds and also linked mates. So like mind linked mates. Um, this is called. Co- this is in some of the other SJM books as well. Um, enemies to lovers, like so, a lot of power dynamicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mating frenzy. Yeah, that is in. So in Akatar, like once a mating bond. So in Akatar, a mating bond um, has to be accepted by both mates, uh, specifically the female, in order for it to like progress to its like ultimate stage okay and so once the mating bond is accepted the two mates go into like a mating frenzy which is like they're it's like a fuck fest yeah like they gotta they gotta fuck it out and that's apparently a it lasts, babe yeah it's like it lasts for weeks apparently and the male in the relationship is hyper aggressive during this time period and if you guys know Akatar, you're 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 you and me are looking at book number two after two characters did yeah. the mating bond, and the male character had to have a fist fight with his like bro afterwards because his bro made a joke about the mating bond, um, and he, he was so aggressive he needed to get it out of his system. Um, there's also uh, like growling and animal noises in this. Yeah. In this universe as well. So just something to take home for the Akatar folks. Is Akatar a megaverse? Like, are is this enough elements to constitute that? Just a thinker for everybody. Sarah, what do you think? You I, seem to have. An I answer. think. I I think that the author has probably read Omegaverse. You think so? Oh yeah, I think there's too much. There's too many elements, and I feel like people might listen to this and be like, "Sarah, you're wrong," which is totally fine. Mm. But there's a lot of elements that you can take. Like, you you don't you want to pick and choose the things from a megaverse that you pull out? Cool, do that. And I think you can go the opposite way. Like, you want to mm. create your own megaverse? You pick and choose the things that you like out of, you know, like. It's all ideas, but I think there's a lot of similarities to a megaverse, especially in Akatar, a hundred percent. Well, um, well, the reason I wasn't hundred percent convinced is because there's another book series actually, um, and I'm gonna mention it later. Um, it's um a f- a, f- a fire in the ember. No, um. It's the prequel series to From Blood and Ash. Um, and that series also has a lot of these very same Akatar elements mm-hmm. that have been pulled out. So my my thinking on that is is um uh, are the is this another is this a subgenre? Is this is this a subgenre of Omegaverse? It's very like, without <laughs> without the nodding? Yeah, like is it, it is is this kind of like whole like this is there like a subsection of the romanticy genre that is based in Omegaverse, like with s- less of the animalistic stuff? I don't know. I, that I, was just like my tangential. <laughs> I, I think it would be something interesting to look at, even in five or ten years. You know, to look mm. back and see what 
you know, what we're looking at with something like Akatar and the things that are springing up from that, because you know that kind of story that... I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it flippantly. A dime a dozen. Not not in a bad yeah. way. In a good way. Like, if you like that, there's tons of that kind of material out oh, there. Oh, there's tons. But it, it does follow a specific framework. And a yeah. lot of those elements, like you're pointing out, are elements that you can pick from Omegaverse. But mm-hmm. you can also pick them from other types of monster fucking genres or story types or tropes. So it would be interesting to even in, you know, 20 years, 30 years to, to throw a big map out there of stories and progressions, just how we can look at, you know, Star Trek turning into cake verse, (laughs) looking at, Where the origins for something like what, what's fairy the smut are coming from. Like, is it going to have its own terminology in a few years? Yeah. Like, I, I think those things are so fascinating. Like, mm. we're joking about, like, the smutty parts because that's what we are. But also, like, looking at this way of, of ideas and information, like, morphing into different kinds of tropes is really, really interesting and fascinating, it is. I think. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of elements for sure. It's probably why I like it so much. <laughs> no, it's also a good Listen, books. It's good books. We're, we'll we'll have a fairies episode down the down the road. I promise. Don't worry. We're don't we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've talked enough for a little bit. Do you <laughs> do you want to get into what you read first? Sure. Okay. Um, so I read a book called Not for a Moment, K-N-O-T. Uh, it was by an author called Devin Sinclair. Um, it is one ballet dancer who, um, when she was younger, had a connection with a an alpha. And uh, fast forward, uh, he rejoins her ballet company. And now he's part of a pack of, uh, there's four guys. Mm. And she has a good smell connection. I think he smells like, like I don't know, like mint chocolate chip cookies or some fucking shit like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it's like a why choose, but also a megaverse. Mm. Um, and it was a it was a decent, like fun book. Uh, reverse harem. Yeah, that's a why choose. Yeah, like reverse harem. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind oh. kind of. I feel like in Omegaverse, it's not as much as a reverse harem. Like, ah, I feel okay. like, uh, but I haven't, usually the Omegaverse stuff I read is, like, a one-on-one situation. It's not, uh-huh. like, a four-in-one. So, like, I tried to read something that was a little out of my comfort zone. Um, I also watched, uh, again, because I watched it before, and I think it's fascinating, and I will recommend it to anybody. There's a two-part YouTube series on the Omegaverse lawsuits. Okay. Um, I okay, I'm going to be watching this after it's this episode. So good. So it's by uh Lindsay Ellis, who I know she got canceled. I don't even remember why now. But these two videos live on on the internet. Uh she didn't get canceled for anything uh, about these. But I highly highly recommend them. The New York Times did a piece on uh, one author, and I'm not going to say who it is, um, who was suing people um, for, she said that she invented Omegaverse, and she was suing people that were having basically like books come out with similar themes and saying that it was copyright infringement. Um, which is a whole. I other... almost read one of her books, and the yeah, was and I like, said, "Don't I support you. this." I said, "I wouldn't," uh, because if you don't like it, 
that person might come from us. And again, like, I'm not going to say her name even because I feel like she's very <laughs> trigger happy. Um, but I, again, I cannot recommend it enough. Lindsay Ellis has, uh, she has the first video where she talks about it. And then she has the second video where that author uh, came after her. And it's like the repercussions of the first video. And it's right. fascinating. It's about two hours long. So like sit down. Um, but my husband and I watched it and he was like, what? And I was like, I know it's wild. Um, so anyway, definitely watch that. Just if you're curious about Omegaverse and kind of like the evolution, um, they sort of talk a lot about like the industry and this, we're talking about like publishing, um, and like the romance, uh, publishers that are publishing this and kind of like that whole thing of like who owns it, you know, like we can trace it back to a certain point, but it's, it's really interesting. Um, and then I'd like to do a few, uh, a few, AO3 recommendations mm-hmm. from my mm-hmm. own personal bookmark. I will be perusing these full yeah. show. Uh, they're both Raylo, so I'm sorry in advance if it's not your thing. Um, so the first one is called Juniper and Bergamot. It is by Saint Heretical. And it this is the synopsis. It's hard out there for a female alpha, especially one with Ray's past, but she's worked hard to find her place. Now at 22, she's the owner of the trendiest bar in Vancouver, the Antilles, which is staffed with her best friends and unfortunately full of pretentious hipster customers. When a mysterious bottle of gin shows up at the bar, Ray sets out to find the person responsible for distilling it and discover exactly how and why they chose to make it. Because the gin isn't just unusual, it smells exactly like her. Um, so this, I actually really like that. It's, it's not long. It's four, I think it's like four chapters. Um, and it's great because Ray is the alpha and Ben Sola is the omega in this one. Um, so it's a little bit of like a switch. And then the other one, which I was so excited it was still up, is called Willing by Everso Raylo. And if you don't know who that is, that's Allie Hazelwood, who's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, so this is, this is the uh, synopsis. So it's like a newspaper ad. So it's like 34, male for female New York, alpha male looking for omega female in her early 20s, athletic build, small breasts, straight brown hair, a light complexion are a must, Freckles and a British accent are a plus, willing to do what she's told, not looking for commitment, contact for for information. Or an alpha post Reddit personals looking for Omega who is exactly like Ray. And Ray replies. Um, And it's just chef's kiss. It's not very long either. I think it's like four or five chapters. Um, uh, Ali used to have a great uh, a great recommendation and she had a great uh, bookmark selection but it's gone now so anyway uh, those are two I can recommend um, I understand why they're gone now because it's filth but um, those are two that are really good and I'm really looking forward to her book coming out I hope it is it's got to be somewhat uh, a megaverse adjacent with knots I, I don't it must be it's gonna have yeah. knotting in it so yeah. vampire and werewolf yeah, with a knot. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, I I was a really uh, a really big fan of her fan fiction. It was really 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 good. Um, and she had some really really good Omegaverse stuff, like really, really really good. <laughs> You're stuff. salivating like, over it there. It was so good. I think I think her stuff was the thing that like like really made me love the genre. And now that it's gone, I'm like mm. really sad about it. Um. But it was it was really good. So anyway, um, Willing by Everso Raylo. You can still find it on AO3. And um, looking forward to reading your book when it comes out. Back to you, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
It's funny. So I went a very different route, or I don't know. I <laughs> I just searched up Omegaverse books and stuff that I can find on Audible because, um, like I said, I've been busy reading <laughs> Iron Flame. Wait, 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 wait. To- hold on. You you mm. listen to this on Audible? Yeah, at work. Oh my god! <laughs> you guys, okay, that's so something I, I don't. I haven't even done. Remember that one time that I was like listening to like that really filthy priest story, and I was yeah. like, sending you excerpts of it. Yeah, I'm like a little uh-huh. bit mad that you didn't send me excerpts, but continue. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't I'm wait. sorry. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. Um, I mean, it wasn't filthy enough. I mean, it mm-hmm. was there was filthy parts, yeah. but I kept wanting to take pictures of myself. But like <laughs> the day, the day that I was listening the most, I was sharing my office, so I wasn't alone. Ugh. So I couldn't. But I, you should like, you should have seen my fucking face. I looked fucking gooped, gagged, shooketh, like... I I just want to put a warning out there. I used to listen when I worked in an office setting, and I don't anymore because I work from home, but I used to listen to, like, smutty romance books, very questionable ones, all the time, until one time my headphones weren't connected. (laughs) And and about two sentences got out before I realized what happened. And, guys, I live in the conservative South. Like... I was like, oh my god, thank goodness nobody heard it, but like, that that has really put me off from like listening, especially like wireless ear pod things. Anyway, continue. Sorry, that's just my yeah. like warning. If you're gonna do it, do it safely and not around conservatives. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so I read Ruth, or I listened to mm-hmm. Ruthless King by Allison Ames. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Again, I I just kind of picked a random one that I could find yeah. that wasn't the questionable author. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so this one, it's very hetero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the premise, Sarah, and I kind of want, I want your input on, like, how standard this is, okay. this um, story is in the genre, okay. Okay? okay? Because I have no reference. Right. All right? Mm-hmm. And, and I will say... Um, given this, this, the stuff I've consumed specifically for these episodes, this was one of the more interesting books. Like, I had a, I had a fun ride. Okay. I have my qualms, but I had a fun ride. All right. Uh, better than the tentacle one I read. For <laughs> sure. Or, or the ghost one. Um... Like- can't be as bad this as the Spanish a, ghost one. <laughs> well, this was a nine-hour. It was like 38 chapters. That's it was not long. that bad. No? No, Akatar's like 24 or 26 or something. I know, but I mean, it's something like to listen to for yeah, like, or a, so. an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, okay, so the premise is, so this is a, this is a, it, it's a sci-fi so sci-fi, okay. there's a galaxy that is an Omegaverse galaxy, and um, in the galaxy there's a cr- um, um, like a group of crime syndicates called the Brotherhood. So this is so this is a mafia oh. Omegaverse. Okay, so there's um, yeah, so there's a, a Brotherhood uh, which is so it's, the, uh, it's a group of um. um crime syndicates, and there is a feud between two crime syndicates. So, um, and um, they're all led by alphas. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
So the story is about an Omega named Dahlia, and she's like promised to one of the sons of the another another crime syndicate's alpha, and um, but then uh, one day she's kind of like haul like hauled out during a um, a meeting of the Brotherhood, and she's basically handed over to her father's arch nemesis. Um, Nikolai, of course it's Nikolai, um, who is an alpha, um, she's basically handed over to him, um, in exchange for her, like, her father's gambling debts being paid. Okay. And that's her enemy, so the two families are enemies, right? And, um, basically it turns out that, um, they're fated mates. Mm Mm-hmm. He, they met when they were young, so he knew her all along, and he basically orchestrated this whole thing, mm-hmm. like getting her her father and ga- gambling debts. And the part, I mean, he wants her because they're fated mates, but he also wanted her because in this universe, um, Omegas, and she, so she's an Omega, Omegas have, like, powerful gifts, Oh. Like, psychic gifts oh. that they lose when they become adolescents. Okay. So, when her and this alpha, Nikolai, met for the first time when they were younger, um, he somehow sparked her gift to begin with, and which was uh, projecting an, a, a memory from the past. That's okay? a weird gift, but okay. Right? I know. But it never came back. Oh. And... and so he, he, I guess, quote-unquote, kind of bought her. And um, he, part of the reason why he bought her also was because he wanted to use this gift of hers um, so that he could win the trial that it was about to begin against her father. Oh. Okay, so his crime syndicate... This is complicated. Her, okay. I know. Okay, bear with me. Uh-huh. His, cri- his crime syndicate... And her father's crime syndicate are about to go to trial over the murder of another crime boss. Um, during the murder of that crime boss, uh-huh. Nikolai's mother and siblings were also murdered. Oh. So he really doesn't care about the crime boss, mm-hmm. but he, you know, wants justice. Mm-hmm. So he wants to use uh, the Omega's gift, right? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so here's where it kind of gets interesting. So he hopes to spark it by skin-to-skin contact. And that's how it came about the first time they met. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Mm. And he has a doctor on payroll. He asks his doctor, okay, doc, what can we do? Doc says, okay, well, if you, you know, complete the mating bond by fucking, that'll help. And it does, kind of, but then there's a blockage, and it turns out the only way to really bring the gift back is by making her fall in love with him. Oh. So then we go we go into like a Beauty and the Beast type thing. Back to episode one. And, Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and then they fall for each other, and turns out the real bad guy all along was the Omega's Omega mother. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. In the story that you read, this is one thing that yeah. we haven't really talked about. Um, okay. Too much. So there, a lot of times in Omegaverse, there is, there are glands, right? And I've seen them work different ways. So there are, like, with the mating bond. So a lot of times it's, 
Like, if you want to get, like, sexual, you're, like, licking the gland or, like, sucking on the gland. But, like, mm. for the mating bond, sometimes it's the alpha alpha biting the omega's gland. And then sometimes it's, like, a vice versa thing. Was that in this story? Okay, so this story, um, to cement the mating bond, mm-hmm. like, during their first time having sex, mm-hmm. um, he did bite her, but he bit her to mark her. Um, there was actually no reference of glands. Interesting. Instead, instead though, mm-hmm. they had um, mating bond like markers that appeared on both of their wrists and necks. Oh, that's interesting. That's not like a common. magical tattoo kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then so um, it started. It started off as like a line, and then the mo- more they became connected as mates, it turned into a circle that encircled their wrists and necks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so stuff that I I that I did notice are in other Omega Verse things. There was a lot of like political like families mm-hmm. dynamic type stuff um like there's a lot about like this nikolai alpha being like really good to his family and and stuff like that um there was nesting <laughs> oh my god we start off strong with there was nesting um there was a lot of like heat rut stuff mm-hmm. obviously nodding very animalistic like roaring and shit um, enemies to lovers, faded mates, world building, they had linked minds, and the beginning copulations were a bit dubcon. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what do you think? Like, wh- how, how does this compare to some of the other things you, you re- you've read? It's got some, it's got some interesting elements to it. I, I personally don't tend to read stuff that has, like, a lot of, like, crime boss stuff, or... Mm-hmm. Um, like mafia, that's not usually like my go-to with stuff. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like it's really having like a like a a popular moment. This kind of like mafia. Oh, it is kind of thing. Yeah, um, but which is fine. Um, I um I like I like the cool tattoo thing. That's that's new to me. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard of that in a megaverse or really in anything much. Um, um, I know I had a friend that wrote a book about when the, you find your soulmate, you, you can see in color, which is like oh. kind of similar, um, you know, adjacent at least, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a megaverse, uh, which is fine. doesn't have to be. <laughs> um, it sounds, it sounds interesting. Um, I, um, I feel like I like... <laughs> I like my Omegaverse plots a little bit cleaner because I just like the smutty mm. parts of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean the the smut the smut was good. The smut wasn't the best smut I ever read. Honestly, the tentacle thing I read had better smut than this. Um, even though it was weird urethra type stuff. Ooh. But here's the thing um, I'm discovering. I think that when uh, these kind of things go mainstream, like the, uh, they tend not to be as graphic as they yeah. are on maybe like AO3. It was not. I wanted it to be more graphic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check AO3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. What what I didn't like though, which this is I guess my main question of like how common this part is mm-hmm. in in relation to other Omegaverse content, the subservience really 
really fucking grinded my gears the wrong way. Like, I understand, like, the, the, the Alpha Omega dynamic. Yeah. But the female character was, like, so subservient. Mm, yeah. So subservient to the point where... Um, near the end of the story, when she has this big, like, oh my god, I'm exerting my agency moment, she was really just doing it to please her Omega, and she even says that herself. I, I enjoy my, uh, if I'm reading an Omegaverse, my Omegas need to have, like, some character, some bite back. Like, they can't just literally roll over. I mean, she did, she did. But, like, once she started falling for him, Mm. then she was, like, preening all the time, and she was very, like, oh, whatever my my alpha wants. No, it's probably not my jam. No, no. Okay. But is that common or no? I think it depends. I think that that sometimes you get that kind of dynamic where an Omega is really trying to please um, their alpha, but I think it also goes the other way, and alpha's really trying to please their Omega. So I right. think I think that that happens. I just think it's how it's written, you know. Okay. It just I don't know. It just I, I maybe this saying. story. I have to read more. I yeah. think I have to read more. But that part just kind of left a little bad taste in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, I get it a little bit. But the rest is fine. Funny enough, the rest is fine with me. (laughs) Like, like, when he, like, fucks her right off the bat, I was like, great, this is fun. Fun times. But, like, I don't know. It was, I don't know. It's it's when you're trying to build a character up to be strong, but really they're not. That's what got to me somehow. Yeah, I get that. And I think that that's... um, I think that you're going to have people that are going to um, write something write something and have it be a weaker Omega and I think you can have somebody write something and have it be a stronger Omega whether they be female or male and I think you know um, just like when you have any kind of a genre the characters can be different in it you know so it might just be a preference thing well at the end of this book so it turns out it was the Omega's Omega mom who orchestrated a lot of like the chaos that happens in the book Uh uh-huh and I, I thought it was that was kind of interesting because she goes on this long villain rant about it's because she's an Omega, so she was, like, sick of people treating her a certain way. Because in this universe, Omegas are basically just, like, fuck toys. Yeah, and that happens and, a lot. Yeah. yeah, so she and so she goes on this big rant, but then the conclusion of it all is, like... Okay, like, okay, she found her agency, but she's also the bad guy. And she's the bad guy because she's an Omega that didn't know her place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, that I couldn't, uh, I just didn't like that. Yeah. Also, I'll send some of your way that you might like a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I did think this story was pretty interesting. And I do, I, I will say, like, knowing what you're probably going to send me, I I mean, I also what I read on AO3, I will like, I do like the genre. Yeah, yeah. I do like I it. think it's a fun genre uh, for exploring some, some things that, like, maybe wouldn't, definitely wouldn't happen in real life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so... So before we get to our favorite part, which is, like, the AO3 stuff, mm-hmm. um, that you, I'm sure that you have pulled some really good ones, um, I want to talk about popular pairings in the Omegaverse, in pop culture, specifically um, on AO3. So mm-hmm. while there is some literature out there on Amazon um, or wherever, wherever books are sold, um, I think this is still a really popular fan fiction, like, genre, for sure. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk through uh, the top categories when you search for this, and then um, I picked uh, three of the lower categories that you and I had a little bit more reference with. And I think what we'll do is we'll we'll go through them and we'll we'll look at the pairings and we'll talk about them a little bit. Okay, so I want to say um, when I was going through AO3. I can confirm that this list is accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. The Except there's there's one on here that I, I kept... There's one not on this list that I kept seeing, and I don't know if I should tell you now or tell you after. Tell me now. Well, no, okay. let me go through it and tell me after. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I changed my mind. Okay. Um, okay. So the top category for when I... So what I searched for is alpha, beta, omega dynamics. Okay. So Mm. I didn't search for omega verse per se. I I searched specifically for that tag. Um, Okay. Okay. There's a lot of different ways to go down the rabbit hole. So there might've been a different tag that might've had something else on top, but the, the top contender, which shocked the hell out of me was, I'm not surprised. I mean, I guess not. It's BTS, the fucking boy band. Which is B- hey, B- okay, I don't listen to BTS, but BTS is fucking big. The BTS fandom huge. is 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 an army. Like, I I I I know nothing about K-pop, and I, I have a friend, and I know that she listens to this, and I won't call her out by name, but she has become like a K-pop listener, and I'm like, what is happening? I mean, like, no, here. W- once you get in, you're, you're in. in. Yeah, yeah, she's like no, so, that's what I've noticed. She's so, in, she's in Straight Kids, which, by the way, did not come up on this, uh, but uh, like, I, I, straight. I, I don't I don't know these fans. Uh, I watched the MTV Video Music Awards the other day with my husband, because I wanted to see Sync. and listen, back in the day, I read NSYNC fanfiction <laughs> like crazy, but there was yeah, never yeah. anything like this. It was like NSYNC makes a girl and then they become the next pop star, you know, like, but this was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So things have changed. But anyway, top of the list, BTS. Sorry to my friend for putting you on blast on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so then the second one was My Hero Academia. Uh, not, again, not, I think I've watched a couple episodes of it. I like the guy that's in the sleeping bag. Um, and then third on the list is Supernatural. That's crazy that it's third now. You yeah, know? yeah. When it had such a pivotal part of the genre's beginning. Yeah, but when you when yeah. you look back on this and you look at like even the origins of like Cake Verse, a lot of this when it when it kind of went uh, into the culture went to Korea and went to Japan. So, like, it kind of makes mm. sense that anime okay. and K-pop yeah. would have, like, a, a strong foothold in this, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we have Supernatural, um, and then I just put, as a bullet point, a lot of Dean and Sam and a lot of uh, Castile and Dean. I don't know mm. who these characters are. I thought Dean and Sam were brothers. Are they not brothers? I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm so sorry to the Supernatural fandom. Um, Should we wa- watch some episodes that's research one of these I days? watched like, the first two episodes. Girl, there's like 20 seasons of this. I don't even I know. know where to, I don't know where to start. I think that's my point. I don't know where to start. I don't have enough time to like start. And I, and so many people have been like, Sarah, you would love it. And I would because I have an obsessive personality. <laughs> but like, I don't know where to start. Um Okay, so I, apologies if I mess something up. Um, so then I have, I, I don't know how to say this. Do you, can you say this name? Haikyuu? Haikyuu? 
Uh, Hi, I, I don't know at all what this is. I have no idea. What okay. I, I have no idea what so, that is. So then we have the Avengers. Not okay, the Marvel I Cinematic saw... Universe, but the Avengers. So the... Yes. No, I did see a lot of that. A yeah. lot of Peter Parker. Oh, no, we're going to get to that later. Don't, don't, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so then we have Teen Wolf, which Obvious. I feel that's like makes classic. sense because I feel like that's like a natural progression from like Super Who Lock to Teen Wolf. For some yeah. reason, when you like... Well, because aware. it has the werewolf element to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, so um, then you get a ton of original work, a ton. You know what? I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, some of the original work is pretty good. I I recommend you explore that. Um, so <laughs> then we have Batman. Um, what? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of Batman. So like what? Like Alpha Joker, <laughs> Omega. I, I didn't dive into Batman, so I'm not sure. So. Um, I do remember, <laughs> I do remember one specific episode of Batman the Animated Series. Again, this oh, is yeah. gonna date me. Where? Oh, I love that series. Th- there was an episode where Catwoman got turned into a cat, and there was like a sexy cat man there, and they were like in an enclosure. This exists. Anyway, uh-huh. I think that might have had an influence. Okay, <laughs> back to the thing. Okay, <laughs> then we have Hannibal. The TV That's, show. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of Hannibal fan fiction. Yeah. Um, then, then we go back out of TV. One Direction. Ah, uh, yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. Surprise. Then we go back to movies. We have Captain America. Um, huh. Then we have Sherlock. Um, okay. Classic, and then we have classic. Yeah. Then we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what I did. Yes. Was, um, that that ranked a lot higher. I just I picked uh, I picked a couple that were ranked higher and sort of pulled them down so we can kind of go through the pairings. Um, okay. So these are the most popular pairings in the Marvel Cinematic Universe underneath that tag. So we have uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Here's the question. I don't like it. I don't like it. Here's the game we're going to play. Who's the alpha and who's the omega? Ah! Okay, okay. We're okay, going to okay. play the game. <gasps> okay, obviously Tony is the alpha. Oh, you think so? Oh, actually... Yeah, I think Tony's yeah, I think an alpha. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's Tony Stark. He's okay. an alpha. Here we go. Uh Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers. Oh well. I don't mm. know actually. Here's the thing. I think because maybe you, Bucky you wanna, is an alpha. You wanna say you wanna say Bucky's the alpha, but Bucky has a lot of damage. Is he the Omega? Mm, he needs caring in his nest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so then we have uh, Bucky Barnes and Tony Stark. That's just sinful. I don't like that. Well, who's the Alpha and who's the Omega? I think definitely Bucky's Omega in this one. Yeah, I think so too. Well, mm, yeah. I don't think... I can't think... Well, we're going to get to... So I can't, I'm about to say I can't think of anything where Tony Stark would be the Alpha. Or not the Alpha. Uh, but then we have Loki and Tony Stark. I don't like that either. I don't... I don't get, what? Which one's I don't which? get these pairings. I don't get these pairings. There are 56 I think Loki is an Omega. Sto- there are 56 stories on AO3 with a, a Loki-Tony Stark Omega pairing. Listen, Loki is an Omega for show. <gasps> I would have said the other way around. It's really? Yes. I, 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 Tony That's Trixie, motherfucker? For, Tony for me, Tony Stark is always alpha. Mm. No matter what the pairing. Okay. So when we say Peter Parker, Tony Stark, we know which okay, one's that Okay, that's... One. That one is fucked up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
Okay, obviously Peter is Omega. Okay, okay, here we go. We have a, a, a threesome. We have Bucky Barnes, Steve Rogers, and Tony Stark. Only one of them can be the Omega. It's Steve, right? Wait, Bucky Barnes, Steve Rogers, and Tony Stark? Yeah, it's definitely Steve, right? Okay, yeah. Steve yeah. is a Omega. The Bucky is alphas. the Beta. Oh, no, oh. no. You can have two Alphas. You can have two Omegas, I guess. Why is there never Betas? Because they're, they're boring. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's true. So then we have Clint, Barton, and Natasha Romanoff. I think Natasha's the Alpha. She better be. <laughs> And here's the one that really threw me for a loop. We have Clint Barton <laughs> and Phil Coulson. Uh, Phil is obviously the alpha. <laughs> Perfect. No? <laughs> Perfect. No notes. Okay. Um, so so then we have Harry Potter. Uh, a lot of Harry Potter a stuff. A lot of Harry Potter. Um, again, we want to put an asterisk. Uh, we do not turfs. support... Fuck yeah, fuck Terrace. We do not um, support... But we are going to go through this list. So, uh, <laughs> so we have Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter. Okay, obviously Draco is the elf. <laughs> yeah, okay. No question. Uh, we have Hermione and Draco. Draco's the alpha. Also, okay. that's my favorite, Jermione for the win. You're really into that right now. Um, I, I am really into it. <laughs> yeah. We have, okay, Sirius Black and Remus Lupin, which is interesting because Remus Lupin is a werewolf and Sirius Black turns into a dog. Mm-hmm. You think they, I don't want to continue that sentence. Also, as a fun nod, there are 69 stories <laughs> with them online right now. I think Sirius Black would be the alpha. I can see that. Yeah. Our Lupin is pretty fragile mentally. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we have Harry Potter and Tom Riddle. No! All right, we'll skip that one. Then we have... <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to get worse from here. Uh, I know. We it's... have Harry Potter and Snape. Um, Snape is the alpha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have Hermione and Ron. Hermione's the alpha. <laughs> yeah. This one will send me probably to the grave. Uh, we have Percival Graves and Newt Scalamander. Is Percival, Percival Graves, is that the fucking ghost? Or is that the guy from... Percival Graves. Is that the ghost? Is that the... Or is that the, the, the short, stubby guy? Oh my god, I thought that was the ghost. <laughs> and I said, why the Wait. fuck is there... Ghost? Oh no, Percival Graves is the bad guy in those movies. Isn't that just anyway? I have clearly no, I have no, no. Uh, he's uh, the bad guy. He's played by um, Fudgesicle. What's his face? Well, he's Johnny played Depp. by, uh, but the second actor is what I'm seeing I, coming up on. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea. That's how Colin ha- Farrell. Colin Farrell. Oh. Um, all right. Plays him. I, I, clearly I haven't seen these, so we're going to skip that one. <laughs> all right. So then we have Sirius Black and Severus Snape. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sirius, I think, mm, would be the, the alpha. alpha. Uh, yeah. And then we have uh, Hermione Snape, which is... A popular pairing. Uh, it's like the teacher-student thing, probably. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it either. We don't have to talk about it. Okay, so we're going to go to Star Wars. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so obviously we've talked about Raylo. We know what my standings are there. Uh, they're interchangeable, whatever. Uh, that's that's basically like the top. That's the first four pairings on this list. So, I uh, would love to read like an alpha alpha. That does. Um, I know of an omega omega, but I don't know of an alpha alpha. Uh, uh, okay, but then we have Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. That did come up a lot. I saw a lot yeah. of those, specifically Obi and Annie. Yeah, for some reason. So, so then you have to say which one is the alpha, which one's the omega. I think Obi Wan oh. Kenobi would be the alpha. Absolutely, yeah. he would be. Absolutely, he would not that tight little hole of Annie's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, then we have Hux. And I'll go home now. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I am a Kylux shipper fucking so bad. I know yes. you are. And some of your content that you make is very funny when you under this uh, lens. Um, so, who's the alpha? Hux or Kylo? It's obviously Hux. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. I would, I would, I like it better when it's Kylo. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, again, we have a lot of, uh, more Raylo stuff, a lot more uh, Hux You know and what? Kylo. I'm s- but I'm the surprised last isn't here. What? Oh, you go to the last one. Let's go to the last one. Uh, Django Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's 31. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Obi-Wan is still alpha. Okay. Uh, okay, there's two that I'm surprised aren't here. Tell me. I'm surprised we don't have any dark pilot, which is Kylo yeah. and Poe Dameron. Yeah. That that's also one of my favorite pairings. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm surprised there's no Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Oh. Which they also have a spicy dynamic. They do. They do. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe I'll have to research that later. There might be some under a different tag. Like again, I just searched under this one specific one, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's um, true. So that brings us to our favorite time of every episode. A O three. A three. Insert theme song here. Da 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 da. A O three. All right. What have you brought to our cursed table today, Jess? All right. Okay. So, I'm, I, I'm not top, I can tell you right now, I'm not topping myself yet for the Poen PB. Oh, you're not topping yourself? Excellent. I'm not topping myself, I'm just bottoming myself. <laughs> um, and, so I'm just gonna, I, I, there was nothing quite of note for me. Okay. Um, but I will read you some samplings that I found, um, there was one in particular that I found that I will not be reading because I don't want to offend anybody by reading it. Oh, okay. But I do want to mention it. Okay. Just so you know it exists. Mm-hmm. This was the one I said that I was surprised to find. Um, so I searched, um, I saw, fuck, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for reading this. Maybe we can black this out. If it, Maybe we can cut this if it's not appropriate. Okay. But I, I found a... Jesus and Judas fanfic. Oh my Omega god. Story. Again, I'm not reading it, but I just want to read you uh, some of the tags and the synopsis and the title. 
<laughs> so the title is called The Last Supper. Oh my god. Some of the tags include, you know, Jesus Christ, Judas Iscariot, um, Alpha Beta Omega Dynamics, Floss, Fluff Empreg, Dubcon, Angst, Jesus Dies, Last Supper, Spoiler. Uh, Easter, <laughs> Easter. <laughs> the author regrets everything, yeah. the author regrets nothing, <laughs> Crack Treated Seriously. Oh my god. <laughs> and the premise is... Jesus and Alpha and Judas and Omega were lovers. One night, while Jesus is out with the other apostles, Satan goes to Judas and tricks him into sleeping with him. Afraid of facing Jesus, the Omega turns in the, in the Alpha to the Romans and Pontius Pilate, which leads to his death. If, if you're here, I assume you know the story they say in brackets. This is but Bible Judas- fan fiction. Yeah, it's Bible fan fiction. Oh but God. Judas is also pregnant, as told to him by Gabriel, and he gets a chance to tell the Alpha that he's carrying their child. So, I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even. I'm speechless. I don't. I don't even. I, I don't even know. Again, I don't know what to say. I about. wanted to read this one, but I will not be because I. I, yeah, I don't, don't do want to offend anybody, but I think I you all needed to know about it. I like how we will literally talk about everything else, and we're like that one. Nope. I don't. Really, I don't want to touch religion. I don't want to touch religion. Really. I don't want to touch have it my either. Thoughts. Or in the <laughs> yeah, I have my feelings, but not for the podcast. This yeah. is a monster fucking podcast. Yeah. Not. Not. Uh, yeah. Next one. Go. <laughs> next one. Okay. So. <laughs> Here, we're going to begin our snippets. Okay. Okay. Here's a snippet from a, 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 a fic called Creamsicle. Creamsicle? All right. Creamsicle. We're going to start off kind of wholesome. So this is an Our Flag Means Death Omega verse. Oh! Fan. <laughs> yeah. All right. I tried, to ex- I tried to expand my searches a little bit to, yeah. to get a little, you know, different content for you all. You have my attention. So, here's the summary. Drowning out my fears about... Oh, no. This is just the author's notes. Okay. <laughs> Basically, what happens is um, Ed comes back from seeing his family, like, it, as part of the first uh, uh, season, and um, is he... Oh, Steed, yeah, Steed. Okay. And Izzy and Ed are in heat. There is, there, 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 Steed is the alpha, and Ed and Izzy are his omegas. I don't like that. And they're in, they're, I know, I know. They're in heat, and he comes back, and they're like, they haven't helped themselves being in heat. And so, um, Steed is kind of like admonishing them. Oh, God. I'll just, uh, I'll just get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait. <coughs> okay. Okay. When Steve returns to the captain's cabin for his, from his visit with the children's shoreside, the smell hits him first, kicking his instincts into overdrive. He feels the hair on the back of his neck raise, his heart speed up, his mouth water. Izzy's warm, vanilla-tinged musk is so strong it overpowers Ed's tangy orange scent at first. Hence the creamsicle title. No! (laughs) But only briefly, Izzy is in a puddle of blankets on their newly acquired sofa... 
much squishier than Steed's old one. Ed is tangled in the sheets on the bed. Izzy's cheeks are bright pink, which confirms for Steed at least one suspicion. Ed's hiss of a sneed sneeze confirms the other. Honestly, Steed says, hands on his hips. You two know the drill. If I'm gone, you get out of the strap. It reeks of heat in here. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so perfectly written, though? Honestly, honestly you two. <laughs> honestly. Ed groans and says, can't smell a fucking thing. Izzy sneezes a few times in a row. The short little ones he gets when he's in heat, even when he's not sick. He glares at Steed, face dripping, and shakes his head as if to clear it. So they're both sick from being in heat. Um, let's see. Where? Uh, Steed wraps his arms around the bundle that is Izzy and pulls him up. Izzy burrs his nose into Steed's chest with a shuddering sigh. Steed's frown breaks and he kisses Izzy's oily hair, his smell driving him no! crazy. It's kind of sweet, but we got the, we got the scent stuff, we got the heat stuff. The thing is, it is um, sweet because Steed would be sweet. Oh, I know. We're sick, Ed whines. <laughs> he, he, he coughs pitifully and turns on his side away from Steed. Steed shakes his head and bends to rustle through the drawer under the bed. He brings out a double-ended knot, handcrafted from fine leather, flexible and long with a slight curve. We don't even need to get a harness on either of you with this one. Too tired, Izzy says, his voice like broken glass. Sit up, Steed demands, and both men jolt. Ed glowers and Izzy glares as they inch into position. All three of them look at each other for a moment, Steed's eyebrows crease. Do I have to put it in for you both, too? Fine, Ed hisses, taking up the dildo in his hand. <laughs> um, why, is it, why is it like the perfect voice of them, though? I know, it's, I know. I can't. Um, okay, what else did I have? I'm dying of the fact that my husband edits these. <laughs> oh well in for a wild ride uh, well um yeah i noticed okay so after a while i started like trying to like uh get sp more specific with my searches and i came upon um actually a couple of um do you know who this person is mike carden uh -uh. mike carden okay so Mike Carden is a musician. Oh, what's um, what's what's the band? I don't even know. Okay, but there was a lot of like those early two thousands, like two thousand and sevens bands stuff. So in this fic, there's like Mike Carden, there's Pete Wentz and Patrick Stump. Those I know, and William Beckett. Him I know. So I thought that was interesting. There was a few of these, actually, that I came upon. I don't know what was so specific about my search, but um, I won't read any of it. But it wasn't oh, very good, he's in, he's in the band The Academy? Oh, The Academy is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that there's, like, those, like, Anyways, but it wasn't good. So it wasn't smutty enough for me. So I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Uh, 
here's one for you all. Uh-huh. Here's one. Um, it's called... This was in honor of the list you put together, by the way. Oh. This one is called Nothing Ever Comes for Free. This is a BTS one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you no context. I'm just gonna start reading, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jimin's nails dig into the skin of his forearms, and Taeyung starts to feel the effects of it. It's strange to get it all in a sudden blast. The flavor of Jimin's love. It's a different flavor, Taeyung realizes, a little more desperate, a lot more wistful and innocent. Taeyung thought he was the hopeless romantic between the two of them, but Jimin is sweet. Taeyung sees the Taeyung that Jimin has built of him in his mind, strong, attractive, capable, but mostly, and most importantly, a good wolf. <laughs> okay, uh, my turn. Jimin whispers after Taeyung is done licking up over the new mate wound. Taeyung wheezes when Jimin easily flips them over to straddle Taeyung's waist. He laughs, feeling fond when Jimin noses at his neckline with the eagerness of a little pup. Don't laugh, Jimin growls, but it's petulant and Taeyung isn't scared because he can feel the expanse of his Omega's vulnerability. Just one bite in Jimin's inner psyche has become obvious to him. So they got the mind connection. Anyways, I was just amazed. Like, I was like, here's a trope. Here's a trope. I was like, anyways, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm? Yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Go. My favorite one. I mean, you could pro- you probably in this instance could have found better ones. But my favorite one that I found for my personal erotic needs. Um. <laughs> Was excuse- <laughs> um, this will come as no surprise to you. It's called Bond, and it's a Dramini fic. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me set it up for you okay. because it really did. It really did it for me. Okay. Okay, so here's the premise. This one is a just a forewarning. This one is a bit of a dub con one. Okay. Um, and there's there's blood play in it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Do you like that that's my line? I went, oh my god. Like, I've I've never read anything with that in it. Okay. I know, I know. I have a story about... I'm not gonna gonna tell that story on this podcast, actually. Never mind. Really? I've told so much. (laughs) No, it's a personal story about me and blood play, but I don't think I'm gonna tell it on the podcast. (laughs) All right. And on that note, Dramione. Okay, here's the premise. So, it's after the the events of, like, the last movie. So, after the Battle of Hogwarts. So, they're adults. They are adults. 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 And so, um, Draco is tasked with, like, working with Hermione in the archives as his, like, punishment for being a Death Eater or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, they've been working together. And, again, this is Omegaverse. Um, he's an alpha and she's an omega. And... Um, and so they, like, kind of have, like, a friendly relationship where they, like, talk movies and stuff and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, uh, but Hermione is sick of being in heat. And it, like, takes away from her work. So, so Draco is, like, I know, like, a magic spell that can be a suppressant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for you being in heat. And, and then, but he's, like, so the fic 
goes between like flashbacks of him explaining the like the magical ceremony to like the ceremony itself. And he explains to her that like okay, I'm going to write some runes on the ground and like we have to fuck over the runes. And uh-huh. then like then you won't be like having heat so crazy anymore. So Hermione's in like and he's like, but you have to be in heat during this whole thing. Right. So they plan this whole ceremony out, and um, I'm gonna. I'll just start reading, and then I'll I'll tell you like what happens. Okay. And this and this was quite this was quite graphic. Okay. And this one has glands. Has the glands? Yeah, the glands. Okay. The glands. The glands. Uh, okay. <laughs> My glands. <laughs> okay. Her sweater rubbed over the glands on her wrists. As he turned down another hallway and Hermione whimpered softly. The potion burned in her blood, pulsing through her veins with vengeance. Her knickers were soaked with her slick, and she inconspicuously tried to avoid her thighs rubbing together with each step. But it was useless. Hermione bit her lip to keep another needy noise in. Um. (laughs) Um. Okay. Okay. This is when, okay, this is a flashback of him explaining to her some of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Hermione folded her lips inward, stifling a giggle. Who knew Draco Malfoy would get so shy discussing sex with her? He never strayed away from the conversation of dates and partners before. What was so different? She leaned back, her chair squeaking with the motion. Why would I be? Granger, we'd have to, well... He chuckled, looking away, the corners of his eyes crinkling when he squeezed them shut. We'd have to have sex. I'd have to knot you. Her eyebrows pinched together. It makes sense. It would have to be that way to seal the ritual. Most included some form of, form of fornification and required mutual orgasms to ensure it was solidified. Of course, right? Of course the ceremony. They have Listen, to have sex. Let me just, I, I want to interrupt you for a second. The mm-hmm. thing I could never get into with yeah. with anything with Hermione in it is her just fucking, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, that obviously makes sense <laughs> with the... No, I'm. Go- I remember back in the day, I I was like I would read some Harry Potter fan fiction before everything yeah, yeah, went to yeah, shit, yeah. and I just remember every time being like, God damn it, shut up, girl! Like shut your mouth, just be, just be like, yeah, it checks out. Like you don't have to give me a forty-seven page explanation of why <laughs> it works. Anyway, continue. I just this okay. is like. Reminding me while I was like, oh, she's you're getting the worst. flashbacks. Yeah. Okay, so this is, they're still talking about the, the ceremony. Yes, of course, she waved her hand in dismissal. So you'll knot me, yes? His throat bobbed uh, as he swallowed, yes. But you won't bite me. Why would I do that? He almost sounded offended like he was the last thing he'd expect her to say. So she doesn't want him to bite her because if he bites her, then they're mated. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. Um, and then they have sex in this weird ceremony mm-hmm. with blood play. Like the okay, they, I mean it's it's explicit. Like he has a dagger and he has to cut her, and then he uses the hilt of the dagger to like put it in her. Oh my god! It's a bit. It's it's spicy. Um, spicy. It's spicy. Um, I'm just gonna read a little bit of the spice before I get to the ending. Um. Okay. 
Casting a silent spell to dull the knife, Draco turned the blade and positioned it just right. Pushing slowly, he worked the handle inch by inch into her soaking cunt. Oh God, she cried, her hips buckling. Hermione was a sight, raw and vulnerable, and Draco's fingers pressed harder into her thighs. No doubt leaving bruises come morning. He was incredibly hard, his cock throbbing against his thigh, working her towards the first of many orgasms he intended to give her. Every touch he made branded ruby marks over her freckled skin. Um, and then you know what he does? And then he fucking bites her while they're fucking... He, he basically... The one, um, the one thing he said he wouldn't do. The one thing... How um, dare. How dare. <laughs> um, I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to find the part... Did I take a screenshot of him biting her? Uh, I don't think... She doesn't end up noticing it right away until after... And then she's, like, pissed at him, and she's like, oh, my God, we're mates now. What the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And um, and then he's like, Granger, I loved you forever. Um, and that's... <laughs> so he tricks her into it. Um, but um, the, the blade... Funny enough, the blade hilt fucking would quite did it, quite did it for me. <laughs> um, of all the stuff in that Omegaverse fix that I perused... That was it for me. Well, anyways, <laughs> and that's uh, uh that's our AO three um sampling for this evening. Yeah, and uh and I think that's also uh pretty much a wrap on on our Omegaverse uh, episode. I uh, we went we went hard. Yeah, yeah, we we did. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I feel. <laughs> I feel like we uh, we covered a lot. Um, we covered a lot. A lot. With our slick. We learned a lot. Uh, we we nested it up. We nested in it together. We got our pheromones on everything. Everything. Uh, everyone <laughs> smells delicious to everyone. And um, yeah, we did it. Look at us. Hey, look, look at, at us. us. Look, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look we at did us. it. <laughs> Um, so, so next week, um, we have, uh, we're going to tackle the, uh, the monster of Minotaur. The Minotaur. We're going to get a little lost in the maze with the Minotaur. Um, before we go into our holiday season. Um, Oh, we got some fun ones lined up for the the holiday season. Listen, Mm -hmm. my Christmas tree is up in the house. Is it really? Oh yeah, it is. Oh my goodness. The, the mistletoe Mariah is Carey out. thawed early in your house. Oh my god, she she was out on midnight, <laughs> November first. The tree oh, is up. God. The stockings are up. I got mistletoe. Everybody getting kisses Laud. in this house. Lord, Lord. Yeah, no, I don't. I listen. I don't make the rules. Okay, Halloween That's, is over, and then people are like, "What about Thanksgiving?" I have a Thanksgiving corner. I got like three pumpkins and a turkey in the corner. It's fine. <laughs> Other than that, it's Christmas. So, Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jess, where can people find us if they you are can- still <laughs> want to listen to us after this fucking thing? 
You can find us on Hissin' and Kissing Podcast. Hissin' and Kissing Podcast. That's our Instagram. Um, that's where we post the most. We've got little clips um, of, like, little video clips of, like, snippets from each episode. We do this fun thing where we release four um, images that are, like, spoilers without context. Yeah. Those are my favorite. I love um, them. Yeah, and um, and we ask for like some feedback from everybody. That's um, and yeah, so we ask a little bit of feedback. Um, we do some polls, stuff like some that. Some polls and things. Yeah, yep, the best. Uh, we're also hissing dot kissing dot pod on TikTok. Um, we also post the little video clips there. Um, we have a link tree in our Instagram where you can find the various places to listen. I mean, obviously you're listening now, but you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Um, and oh. if there um, is one that you think maybe we should add to, you could also let us know. Yeah. Um, and you could also um, email us ideas or feedback at uh, hissing and kissing podcast at gmail.com. So... Yeah. Uh, any <laughs> anything else you'd like to uh, end the episode with, Jess? I'll end with a seductive purr, <laughs> a preening, if you will. Go ahead. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you gotta roll. You gotta, you gotta like. You gotta like roll the tongue. <laughs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> Uh, on that note, uh, <laughs> until next time, stay horny, monster stay fuckers. Stay horny, monster fuckers. <laughs> <laughs>